You're listening to episode 171 of Scaling Up. Welcome to Scaling Up. I'm your host, Elizabeth Hartke, and if you're listening to this, you're probably a maverick like me. How convenient because I literally made the show just for you. I'm a business scaling strategist that's been in the game for almost a decade now, and I'm weirdly passionate about helping impact-driven entrepreneurs, business owners, brands, and go-getters scale their businesses and their lives. Imagine taking your impact, your income, and your freedom of time to the levels that you can only dream about. Making your mission known to the world and mastering your business strategy so you don't have to keep on trading dollars for hours. I built two two comma businesses doing what I love, what I believe in, and a lot of that has to do with teaching you how to do the same. We drill down on strategy, but we know that it takes more than just business tactics to live the life that you envision. So we go deep on health optimization, mindset, leadership, relationships, and just being that scaled up version of you who is primed and ready to step into your purpose and peak performance. Some days I record this bad Larry from my closet to escape my three littles, and some days I'm down at my barn office on our 12-acre farm. So do me a favor, grab your notebook and a pen and your favorite bevy, and let's get to the show. Okay, hold on. Humor me for a second here because this is too good not to share. If if you've been following me for a while, I had I pretty much cut out all alcohol for a few years' time, which is crazy, but true. I'd have a drink, maybe like here or there, if we had friends over and we made a big dinner, or once every couple of months. Like one drink every couple of months, maybe. But I'd always pay for it later, and I hated that. Like, it's not worth it to me. I have three little kids. They don't care that mommy had a glass of wine the night before, and they're not going to let me sleep it off. I can't stand hangovers. I can't stand being foggy-brained or having a headache or whatever the next day. I'd have one glass of wine. I was turning into such a pathetic little lightweight, and it would cut into my work and my mood. It just it wasn't worth it. But if I'm being totally transparent, the Italian in me missed her wine, and that was just kind of my, like, curl up by the fire kind of drink or my cherry on top of an amazing Italian dinner kind of thing. But it wasn't worth it. And you also know that I'm totally obsessed with health. We've eliminated all the garbage in our lives as a family. And it never really occurred to me that I'm over here avoiding fruits and vegetables that are sprayed with chemicals, buying organic, But I'd drink a glass of wine, never putting two and two together that the grapes were being sprayed with all the toxins that we completely cut out of our lives. So when I heard about dry farm wines, I'm a skeptic and a research junkie. So I dug into it, organically grown grapes without any of the additives or toxins sprayed on them, the stuff that I hate, sugar-free, that's right, sugar-free. And sometimes I feel like for me, having a drink, the sugar hits me harder the next day than the alcohol even does, lower sulfites paleo and keto friendly. So I also am the type that never wants to recommend anything to you guys unless I've tried it for myself and tried it quite a few times. So I'm happy to report that I'm obsessed. My husband and I are obsessed with dry farm wines. I can drink wine again. I can curl up by the fire. I can have it with my big bowl of pasta. And I love the taste. And Really, I love the fact that it's small batch and supporting organic farmers all over the world. This is like you know, what I stand for in business too. I want to support the small businesses throughout the world. So if you care about that kind of stuff like I do, or you just really like good wine, go check them out. They've offered to do something special for you guys as my listeners of Scaling Up, and they're going to give you a bottle for one penny. They can't do it for free legally because of the whole alcohol thing. With your order at dryfarmwines.com forward slash Eliz, E-L-I-Z. So Man, it has just been so worth it 
to go this route. I can enjoy a glass of wine again. And if there's ever a bottle you don't love, they replace it, no questions asked. So that's always really appreciated because then you're not going to love every single wine that you try. It's a perfect gift for yourself, maybe, or for my fellow wine lovers and hangover haters. This is great for you. No hangover. Are you hearing the words coming out of my mouth? No hangover. So go check them out. Take advantage of what they're doing for our scaling up community. I so appreciate that. Dryfarmwines.com forward slash Eliz. Okay, thanks for letting me digress for a second here and let's get back to the show. Today we are talking all things Pinterest with the Pinterest marketing expert and ad specialist. She's also known as the Pinterest badass for short, Presh Rogers. It was such a joy to have her on the show and she just knows her stuff. She works specifically with online coaches, service providers, digital content creators. She helps them to jumpstart their Pinterest strategies to get more eyes on their content, to grow their email list. That's a big focus for her. And to overall just skyrocket their visibility with or without ads. Presh is your go-to girl for Pinterest, and I think you're really going to eat up this episode. This is like Pinterest 101. If you're not doing these things yet, these are all really tangible, actionable things you can implement into your business. Either you can do it or you can outsource this. And let's get to the show. Welcome to the show, Presh. I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. I have been dying to dig into this topic a little bit deeper, getting into all things Pinterest. But before we go there, help us get to know you a little bit better. Tell us more about you. Yes. So, hey, guys, I am Presh Rogers. I am what I call the Pinterest badass. So it's a Pinterest marketing expert and ad specialist. And I help coaches, content creators, and service providers basically pimp Pinterest to get more eyes on their content and grow their email list action takers. I love it. And we've just been in our company, we've been digging into Pinterest a little bit more. It's been kind of that thing. You know, you always have that li- the list of things you're like, I need to do that more. But it, it's just like keeps getting pushed down. And we're finally taking it more seriously within our organization. And we've seen pretty quick return on that time investment. But what I'm most excited about, and really want to pick your brain on is, for me, we spent years toying around with Facebook ads. And what that typically looked like for us was because I suck at running them myself and I don't want to spend the time doing it. um, It would look like either me writing the copy, which took me a lot of time, or, and then, you know, split testing. So you're writing a bunch of different pieces of coffee copy, or I'm outsourcing that, which is expensive. And then I'm paying for the ads themselves, which it's pay to play. You got to, you got to invest a decent amount for it to be worth your while. And then because I was terrible at it, I was outsourcing, bringing in someone to run my Facebook ads, which is all well and good. But what I love about the Pinterest model is there's the potential for you to really minimize how much you spend and maximize that impact. You could, it's not about tons of copy. It's not about um, spending money to get your stuff seen. It's about leveraging the strategies of Pinterest. So enlighten me, like share with me why Pinterest and give us a sense of how this can be such a powerful tool. Yeah, I love that you mentioned that it's not about the copy because people, I've had clients that say, oh, do you need me to provide like the copy for you? Or, you know, do you need my copyright? I'm like, no, it's not like that. It's more about the keywords or they're just going to really figure it out and figure out who to put it in front of through optimization. And the reason why I love Pinterest so much is that it is a top of funnel strategy. 
So when I say that, it means it's a really great place for people to be introduced to you as a business. It's really good to get new eyes on your content and have people really coming in to you from a different place. And they're not warm to you. They're cold to you, but they're warm to what you're offering because they've been searching for it because it's a search engine. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. And I think that's the important thing to remember. And something very appealing to me, someone who's kind of burnt out on social media, it's like, Man, it sounds really nice to put value out there without having to hear the opinion of every other, you know, every person on the planet and base my worth on likes and this and like it's getting me out of that zone for a little bit and just in the heart, like leading with a servant's heart, like what is of value to my people? I'm going to create that. I'm not putting it out there because I'm trying to trick an algorithm or get more likes or shares. It's, you know, it's about putting things in front of your audience that they are literally searching for, yeah. like you just said. So, okay, where do we start? Let's say we're, you know, some of the entrepreneurs listening are like, okay, I've been leveraging, you know, Instagram, Facebook for a while. I know I got to do this Pinterest thing. Is it a big beast? Like, where do I begin? Yeah, it can be overwhelming. People tend to go now like the rabbit holes of trying to figure it all out on their own or just trying to figure out all the different pieces because it's not like other social platforms. It is, It has social aspects, but it's not social media. And that's where a lot of people get things confused because they try to use it like they would Facebook or Instagram thinking, you know, put one pin a day and that's it. But it's like, no, you have to do a little bit more than that because you have to keep constantly putting your, your stuff out there. But the best way to start is to, of course, get a business account and then start thinking about your strategy off the platform if you're using it as a business. So a lot of people focus on how often to pin or which boards to pin to. And those things are important. But when you're using it as a business, it's important to know what you're going to do with the traffic once you get it. So you need to know, like, if you're using your email list, do you have like your nurturing sequence in place? And um, is your landing page made for cold traffic? So things like that. Okay, so let's talk about that a little bit. So I love that it's a top of funnel. And to your point, it's not just, you know, sometimes we push an ad out there and it, let's say on Facebook, for example, and we target based on certain demographics or metrics or whatever, that person wasn't asking to see that ad. They just happened to fit the criteria that we put in when we're putting in our ad information. The difference of Pinterest is they go in there into the search bar and they search for what you're asking for. So now they find us. What are the key components of having a successful pin that ultimately leads into a funnel? Because I see people sometimes where it's like nobody likes a dead pin, right? Like where you click it and you're like, oh, this is awesome. And it doesn't take you anywhere. It doesn't take you anywhere of value. So can you walk us through that funnel and the best way to optimize it and, and leverage it? Yeah. So of course, the first thing is making sure that your pin itself is optimized. Your pin itself is going to actually get people to stop the scroll because you are in a sense competing with a lot of other pins. So if someone types in, you know, if someone types in Pinterest marketing, my pin is going to come up with thousands of other people's pin in their content. So what is it you going to do to make sure that your pin stands out among the competition? So I like to always say, make sure you have a call to action on your pins, because that way people know exactly what they're going to. Um, so whether it's like sign up now, um, download now, listen now, watch now, these things help them know, okay, if I go here, I'm going to have to probably do this next. So if it says sign up, 
I know in my head, I'm going to have to probably give my email address. So you want to make sure you're doing little things like that on your pin and that your pin is really, um, that's what the copy does matter. Not as much copy of, of course, as Facebook or something, but you want your pin to actually answer or give them, um, to be able to show them that you're going to answer their problem really quickly and give them a quick win. So that's like the first thing. Can I ask you a question about that? When you say the call to action, are you talking about like on the image itself, you want a call to action or in the body below? On the image itself. So if you're, okay. because when you're doing it um, for Pinterest ads, usually they're not going to see the actual like pin description because Pinterest ads, once you click on the pin, it takes them to the actual um, content that you're taking them to. So they're not going to see the description as much as they would if it was organic. Okay, cool. So we got the good image. We have the call to action on the image. Where should that lead? Like, give us an, maybe this is an easier way, probably for me, because I'm so visual. Give me an example of like a pin that you would put up and then take us through the journey and just kind of describe it a little bit. Like, is it taking us to a blog post or just an opt-in page? Like, what's that funnel start to look like? Yeah, so it's going to depend on your goals. So you have to decide what is your Pinterest goal. So we'll use the example that your Pinterest goal is to get people on your email list to ultimately um, get them to maybe join your course or buy your product. So of course you have your image, they click on the image, they go to the landing page of your opt-in. You're going to want to make sure that your opt-in is made for cold traffic and that right away, like the headline that's above the fold. So above the fold means that if they're usually they're going to be on their phone, a lot of times Pinterest users are on their phone. So before they have to scroll, your headline should be there at the top telling them exactly like something that's going to answer their problem. So they know exactly this is what I want to get. So for me, I have on one of mine, it's like, um, stop going down the Pinterest rabbit hole. So if you're somebody that has been searching and going down all the Pinterest rabbit holes, trying to figure out how to use Pinterest marketing, you're like, oh, yeah, that's basically me what's on this page um let me just give her my email address because clearly she understands what i'm going to or going through so you want to make sure that headline immediately answers like a question or a problem that they have a pain point and then of mm -hmm. course having the the sign up feature and your page itself needs to really quickly build some kind of no like and trust okay and what are some tips on the no like trust factor like when you're creating that opt-in page any things to either avoid or include to kind of build that trust factor? Yeah, definitely include, if you can, a picture of yourself because once again, this is cold traffic. So they don't know you. And if they're going to something that's a digital product or opt-in or anything like that, it's kind of really good to put like a face to a name, to a page or to a product that you are offering, even as just valuable content and a little quick bio about yourself and why you are qualified to give them this free valuable content so that they're like, okay, well, this person does this. She's probably, you know, qualified to actually provide me information in this free offer that she's giving me. And it's going to answer my problem really quickly. And then of course you want to kind of like have little, like maybe three to five bullet points of what your free offer is going to give them. Okay. Awesome. So I get to that page, I put my email in, then where am I headed? Then you're going to take them to a thank you page. So especially if you're using it for Pinterest ads, I always recommend that you have some kind of tripwire or upsell or like a quick win product on your thank you page. That way that can really work towards helping you get your return um, on your ad spend really quickly by having 
a $17 product or a $9 product, $27 product on that page that they can, that is relevant to the free offer. So it makes sense for them to actually buy that next thing really quickly. And then they're going to, of course, be on your email list as well. Okay, cool. So on that thank you page, you have the upsell. And then um, I assume the freebie or whatever it is they're opting in for is now being delivered via email. Is that how you typically do it? Yeah. So then, of course, on your email list, you want to make sure you take them through a very nurturing welcome sequence because this goes back to the whole cold traffic. You have to build that know, like, and trust factor. So you want to make sure you're immediately introducing them to who you are, why you're qualified for what you're giving them, and giving them value so that they can kind of get to know you really quickly before you start like offering them to maybe like join your course or buy your product because they're cold to you. So you want to warm them up. Yeah, definitely. So I would love to know, kind of going back to, you talked about Pinterest ads versus regular pins. Can you walk us through the biggest differences you see between the two? And do you feel like you need, is it like Instagram or Facebook where you feel like you really need to pay to play? Or is there more opportunity to run free, you know, do free pins and still have it really benefit you? So when it comes to Pinterest, it's really, are you patient? <laughs> because mm. um, organically, Pinterest is a slow burn. Pinterest is a slow burn regardless, organic or paid. It does not, um, even paid, um, like Pinterest ads, does not work as fast as Facebook ads. So I hear I'm not, I don't do Facebook ads yet. I want to do both of them. You can do both. Um, so you have to be patient regardless. When it comes to organic, it can take anywhere from three to six months before you really start to see um, Pinterest start to work their magic organically. And when it comes to Pinterest ads, it can take anywhere from a week to a month before you really start seeing what it's really optimized for because the platforms are working differently. What I love about it is that what Pinterest ads is going to actually help you with your organic strategy because you'll be able to see what keywords people are actually using to find your content. Um, if you're using multiple pin images, you can see which one is actually getting more clicks. So then you can you can maybe reevaluate your, your pin designs. And then if you turn off your ads, that pin is still going to get a lot more organic traffic because it was naturally already into the system. It's been shared more. It's going to organically grow even more, even quicker. Okay, that's really helpful to know. And when it comes to the actual ad spend, do you have um, a recommendation? Like, I know different Facebook ads managers have different recommendations, obviously. But is it? Do you find that you have to spend as much as, say, Facebook, for example, or is it a lower ad spend, or just depends on the goal again? It depends on the goal again, and of course, like your audience, who you what what you are um, offering up. Like if you're as opposed to doing email signups, maybe you're trying to go for checkout conversions. So it really depends on what the budget, um, not the budget, what your cost per action will be. I recommend a $20 a day budget to my clients um, because it's still something where you have to be ready to spend money in order to make money. And the more money you spend, the more um, data Pinterest can use to actually make sure they're showing your pin in front of the right people who are actually going to convert to your, your special thing that you're you're pushing for. So definitely don't start out too low. Um, if you're testing, playing around for yourself, you can start out as like $5 a day and see what happens. 
but know that if you really want to see the magic, you have to do at least $20 a day. Um, it's scary. When I first started doing ads myself, I was like, hmm, this, 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 this is a lot. <laughs> like, But you have to be willing to put yourself out there. It's regardless of whatever platform you're on, it's a risk that you're taking. Um, so you have to be ready to take that risk. And for Pinterest ads, um, on average, usually I can't, because like I said, each each um, industry could be different, but you usually will see it, see the average for cost per action to be cheaper than Facebook, typically because there's usually less competition. There's not as many people using Pinterest ads as Facebook ads or Instagram ads. So you will definitely see something that's usually lower. It just might take a little bit more time than how quick Facebook ads work. Yep. Yep. And then I've heard you talk about um, the idea of leveraging kind of Pinterest and Instagram together. It's like a double whammy, right? Like to really skyrocket that visibility. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So how I love to see it is that people from Pinterest are being introduced to you. This is how you get people who are already interested in whatever you're serving, your prop, your solutions. They're already searching for that. So getting them onto your email list is pretty easy because that's kind of what they were looking for. And then it's up to you of like what you do next with those people. So you can easily, if Instagram is like your platform where you love to show up, where you know that you convert the most people, then taking these people from your email list to your Instagram is used by having call to actions on to your email list. You're always telling them to follow you on Instagram. You're sharing with them like your Instagram posts or your you know IGTV videos so that they go and they follow you on the platform where you like warm traffic up the best and really engage the most. And then the same way on Instagram, if if it's the opposite way, um, you can also tell your Instagram followers to follow you on Pinterest because you share more things on there, maybe as far as all your free content that you have out there. So you can definitely work them together. I feel like Instagram is definitely engagement. It's an engaging platform where Pinterest is really to get people your you know new eyes on your content, really get people into your funnel. Right. What are the mistakes that you see people making in this space? Like whether it be, uh, you know, specific to ads or even just using Pinterest incorrectly. Like they're like, okay, I'm in on this. I get it. Pinterest is going for me. And then they jump in and then what are the traps they fall into? They jump in. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So one of the main things that I do is help people understand how to make Pinterest work for them and how to um, learn how to convert people on and off the platform. And the problem is that people don't do like their initial research um, on how their people are using Pinterest. You're assuming that they're using it one way and they're using it another. So you don't really research where your people are on Pinterest, what stage they're in to make sure that you're sharing the right content to Pinterest. Um, Then they also don't know how to create or repurpose content for Pinterest, or they think they have to create content for Pinterest. And I'm a big believer on repurposing content and not reinventing the wheel. So if you're already creating things like Reels or TikToks, IGTV videos, YouTube videos, all those things can be repurposed to Pinterest. It's not, you don't have to really create content for Pinterest. Um, and then you get where you're feeling overwhelmed because you don't have anything to put on Pinterest. Yeah, you're, you are creating the content. And then another way 
is um, they don't do their keyword research. So <laughs> it is a search engine. And so you have to have to have to do your keyword research if you want people to actually find your content. Do you have any tips for keyword research? Like, is there a strategy to make sure you're doing it right? There is. And one of the main things I always suggest to people is to actually use Pinterest. Um, use Pinterest search bar to search for things, see what comes up. See when you search for your your audience's pain points, um, what kind of content is coming up? Would your content actually fit in here? Is it not the right keyword that you think people will be searching for? Um, do you have to kind of look at what everyone else is putting on the platform to kind of show up where you want to? And there's also, um, I use keywords everywhere and um, ask the public or answer the public to also do keyword research. Yeah, that's a great site. We'll add that to the show notes. Um, and then I'm curious. So I have a podcast, obviously. You're on it right now. Um, what is the best way to leverage Pinterest for my podcast? Like, should I each episode be sharing it through Pinterest? And does it always have to lead to an opt-in? Like, what is the best way to get my podcast more visibility utilizing um, Pinterest? Yeah, so if you're using it as a podcaster, um, definitely do each episode and definitely put your Pinterest episode or Pinterest episode, podcast episodes onto your website. So each okay. episode should get its own like blog post. And then on the show notes, you want to make sure they're optimized for Pinterest. So things like if people are coming from Pinterest to your podcast episode, make sure one, your pin explicitly says that it's a podcast or has like a little podcast mic or um, call to action is listen now. That way people know like I'm going to a podcast. I'm not about to go to a, a, a regular blog post um, unless you are um, transcribing your podcast into blog posts where it's like a lot of written content. And then if um, once they get to the podcast episode, I always say with your show notes, if you're not going to transcribe them, at least have timestamps. So that okay. if people are coming for a certain question or a certain pain point, they know exactly where they have to go and not have to listen to, they might listen to the whole podcast, but maybe they don't have time for the whole podcast. Maybe they just want this one thing answered. Um, so they want to kind of know where you break things down and that makes it easier for them to say yes or no to listening to your podcast. My mind always goes to growing my list when I think of Pinterest. So for an for something like that, do I have to have, like, should I always have an opt-in on that show notes page or the or the blog page? Or is it sometimes just about, like, getting people to start listening to your stuff? Like, should the goal always be to grow the list? The goal should always be, I like to grow my list, too. So for me, yeah. the goal is always to grow my list because I know those people are going to be there. And I've gotten my Instagram account disabled before for a month. So I'm always like, let me grow my list. But you always want to have the next step that you want people to take. So I think it's really important to have like a next step. So whether that is if you want people to continue listening to your podcast, getting them maybe on your email list gives you opportunity to email them the next time a podcast episode come up. So it could be something as simple as sign up for my email list to not miss another podcast episode. Um, it, though it's easier to get people to sign up for your um, your email list when you're offering something that's a free value. Right. Yep. That makes sense. Okay. So what am I forgetting to ask you that you feel like they need to know? 
Oh, that's always a good question. There's so much to know. <laughs> um, I already mentioned that it's like a patience game. Um, definitely, if you are going to start running ads, start um, and install your Pinterest tag right now. Like as soon as you hear me say this, go and install your Pinterest tag. Even if you're not running ads today, if you, if you don't think you're going to run Pinterest ads, um, it's the Pinterest tag is very, it's, it's basically the Facebook pixel. It's a, it's a pixel. So that way Pinterest can start um, picking up on who's going to your website, going to your content, so that when you start running ads, it's much easier to create your audiences already. Um, and do not jump straight into conversion um, campaigns. Start with consideration campaigns. Um, consideration campaigns are traffic campaigns. Basically, they just recently changed the name. So start there. That way you can kind of warm up your Pinterest tag before you start running the conversion campaign, which I know can be different from other platforms. Oh, that's a good tip. Um, I do have a question that just came to mind. So let's say the listeners, aka me, uh, <laughs> have had Pinterest for a long time. And we have we have we have a business account now and like we're playing with it. We haven't run ads yet, but we're playing with it. Um, we, we pin the podcast and things like that, but I'm sure we're not leveraging it the way we should be for anyone listening. That's like, yeah, I use Pinterest to like search for recipes and random stuff that has nothing to do with my business. Do you recommend going in and cleaning up your Pinterest, like kind of just revamping it and get rid of, getting rid of the stuff that's like super personal and making it more about things in line with what you offer and what you do? Yes. <laughs> yes. So if you're using it as a business, you're definitely going to want to either one, um, convert your personal account to a business account and hide all your personal boards or to just create a business account um, for your business. That way you don't have to hide your boards um, because Pinterest is like the anti-social platform. People are not there to learn about you. They're there for your content. So they, they do not care um, about your favorite, you know, recipe that you may not even try or, <laughs> or make or your, your, you know, your place that you're going, because those things are for yourself, pretty much when you save them. Um, whereas when you're using it as a business, you are creating content for the users to, you know, learn from to find value in. Mm, you just like spoke to why I need to be all in on Pinterest. You called it the anti-social platform and I am like so anti-social. <laughs> so they, they call it like the introverse platform because you totally like, people comment on stuff and people like um like they can like stuff, but it's not like it's nowhere near like a social platform like Facebook or Instagram. It doesn't matter. Like a lot of the comments sometimes are spam. So when I like for my clients, I'll just skim through them, but they're not something where you have to comment back and to, sure. in order to get engagement or anything like that. So yeah, it's definitely oh. the introverts and the antisocial. It's really there for you to share your content and that's pretty much it. Oh, I love it. That's like my dream platform. So <laughs> Prash, this was so helpful. I just feel like, you know, th so many of my listeners have been saying asking questions about pinterest and i don't feel overly qual I, you know i know basic stuff but it's really helpful to have you describe the funnel and i feel like what you described is very doable for people it's not this super overwhelming beast to your point we have to have patience but 
It doesn't mean that we have to, um, you know, avoid starting because it feels like this big, scary thing. It's very attainable. So where can people come find you to learn more about you and what you do and kind of follow your journey on Pinterest and everywhere else? Well, of course I'm on Pinterest, but I always tell people that is not where I hang out because it is not engagement. So I am definitely on Instagram. Um, I love to show up and have my Pinterest shenanigans over there. So I also do um, Instagram TV videos called Penning with Press. So you can definitely get a lot of valuable content at my Instagram, which I'm sure you will include in the show notes. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Press. This was so fun. And I, you've given me the keg in the butt. I'm going to get my stuff together and do some pinning. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Before you go, make sure you take a minute to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on all of those amazing fromies, freebies for my homies, obviously, and content that we're creating just for you. And if you like today's episode, can you help us out and help us get this in the hands of more people by taking a screenshot of today's episode and sharing it with your friends, tagging me, passing it around on social media. Guys, we've got to get this mission and this movement out there to more people so that they are living their purpose and living out their dreams and getting paid for it well too. I'm also so thankful for all the amazing feedback we've been getting in the reviews. So if this podcast is helping you grow, take a second and go review us on iTunes and be sure to check out today's show notes for more details and takeaways from the show. Until next week, guys, keep scaling up.